So uh, I think tonight uh, a good bit of what I'm going to be talking about is, uh, is our paradigm, uh, which is just our view, like our world view, like our view of, of how life works. I'm going to be talking that, about that a bit anyways. Um, and so I had, I had this view when I first came here, cross point where uh, like you know I wanted to know more about God and really it was about my life and like God I just believed in God and then he didn't have like any control he didn't have like a it was me in charge it was me in in charge of my life Uh, but that slowly began to change so uh, the passage we're at tonight uh, deals a lot with honor and serving and the, I don't consider, it's, it's, very, it's not very compatible for us, the honor system, because there's not really honor to be had here in the States. Like, honor's not a big deal. Shame is not a big deal. Uh, it's more uh, control for us, control over our lives, control, like, freedom, uh, to the point where we want to be so in control and have so much freedom that I can do whatever I want, and there is no shame, and there's kind of, like, a pride in having no shame and doing whatever what you want with your life, you know? Uh, and nobody is like, nobody is your boss, you're in control. And so honor is not something that uh, is really to be had here, but there is control and freedom to be had, and that's what we long for. That's what I long for, is to have control over my life, and not so much honor. It's a, it's a weird system. Uh, but whenever I talk about honor, at least this evening, uh, in the passage we're at, we'll uh, just know that that's, that's, that's kind of how it's compatible, with control. Uh, yeah, so we're we're going to be in John uh, thirteen, the beginning of that. That's the where Jesus is about to wash uh, the disciples' feet. Uh, but before before we do that, I want to read from. Uh, if you could put, if you guys could put John one uh, twenty six up, twenty six and twenty seven, or twenty five and twenty six. I can't remember which it is. So uh, John the Baptist is talking about Jesus. Jesus is has come to be, to be baptized, and then he says that I'm unworthy to untie his, his shoe or his sandal. And he's referring to foot washing, uh, which is what's going to happen in, in John 13. So foot washing uh, is like a, common, like a common thing that's done. You would come to visit somebody's house, and they would have a servant there who would take the people's sandals off and wash their feet uh, before dinner. And that's, or just when they're hanging out in the house. And so he's saying that I'm not able to do that. I'm unworthy. And doing, washing feet isn't just like a menial task. It's something that's very low. You would have your lowest slave in the house wash your your visitor's feet. Uh, You wouldn't wash your visitor's feet. You'd have the lowest slave you've got do it. And John says, I'm unworthy to even untie his sandal. I can't do that. I can't wash his feet. I can't. I'm not even worthy to do the like the lowest thing possible. I can't do it. And so that just gives us a little context uh, into how low foot washing is. Uh, yeah. So that's. I, w- I just wanted you to hear that. That's foot washing is a low thing. It's a low thing to do. There's no honor in it. There's no honor in it. It is unhonorable to do that. Somebody washing feet. That's dishonorable. Uh, a slave would do that. Let's, uh, let's read. We're in John 13. John 13. I'm going to go ahead and read this passage. 
Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his, that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come, that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. All right, let me say that again. You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who, had, who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That is why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet, put on, <clears throat> when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for, I am, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen. But the scriptures will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now, before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. So I want to, uh, there's a lot in there, I know I just read a whole lot, like 20 verses, and I really want to focus on the foot washing. Particularly, I want to paint this scene for you, what is happening, this foot washing. So uh, they're at dinner. They're at dinner, uh, and they're at the tables. Actually, let me, I want to clarify a little bit what that looks like. I know you guys have seen, uh, you've seen like the Da Vinci painting of like the Last Supper, where they're all at this long table, and some, for some reason they're all on one side of it, and Jesus is here awkwardly. Like, like, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know what? That's Da Vinci. Listen, listen. Da Vinci does not know what he's talking about. He's a hipster, and he has no idea what he's talking about. He doesn't. There's, there's no such thing as like this long. It doesn't exist. There's no, it didn't happen. When they ate, they would have several small tables low to the ground, low to the ground, and they would have couches around the tables, and they would lay down, they would lay down, 
uh, to eat. Uh, let me show you, actually. Like this. They'd be like this, right here. They'd be laying on a couch that was low, like this, and they'd be reaching and eating food and hanging out. I don't know why we don't do this. <laughs> so, um, so I hope that wasn't too awkward. But I wanted, I wanted to do that. I was kind of torn. Anyway, so they'd be laying down. They're not standing Da Vinci style or whatever. It's, and then there's all those conspiracies about Da Vinci in the painting. He doesn't know anything. It's, anyways, uh, the totally opposite. So the, it, dinner is much more intimate. They're laying down together on couches next to each other. Places of honor were kind of in the middle. And then there's several sections where, uh, in John, where it says that, you know, uh, the one who, that John was like at his bosom, Jesus' bosom. This means he's like next to him. They're on the couch next to each other, leaning, eating food. Anyway, so they're, they're, they're there eating food. This is, this is actually the night before Jesus dies, by the way. Uh, this whole like, next section is all the evening. Like he'll die in less than like 24 hours. Uh, so they're having dinner, having dinner, very intimate. They're laying next to each other like that. Uh, and then Jesus gets up. He gets up from the table. That's what it says. He gets up. And it says when he gets up, he's got all these things in mind. Uh, that specifically that that he was from God and was about to go back to God, that he was about to die, uh, that Judas would betray him, that all things have been given into his hands, and so he stands up from the table knowing all these things, that he's about to die, that Judas is about to betray him. One of his disciples is about to betray him for 30 pieces of silver. And then Peter, one of his most trusted disciples, would deny him in front of everybody again and again and then one more time. And he's got all that in mind. These are, these are his closest friends, and he has in mind that they will betray him, that they will all leave him, and some would betray him to death. And then he gets up to wash their feet. And when he gets up, he, it says he takes, out his, takes off his outer garment. And so he's got a cloak that he's wearing that he takes off. And basically, uh, basically he's in his underwear. He's in his long johns. He's in his, yeah, if I could put it that way, uh, essentially he is, he is it's, and this is also dishonorable to take your, your cloak off like that. That's dishonorable. Can't believe that's happening. And then he begins, he says he fills a, a basin with water, and he begins to wash their feet. So it also says that this is after dinner. This happened after dinner. He rose from supper. So they've already eaten. So that means that they've gotten this house. They've gone they've got this room to celebrate the Passover, and nobody, everybody's feet is dirty. And John doesn't include it, but in Luke... Uh, he talks about it. He talks about how they were arguing who is going to be uh, like Jesus' right-hand man. Who's going to be at his right hand? Who's going to be at his left? Who's going to have these places of honor in the kingdom to come? And they're arguing about it rather bitterly. And Jesus is like, it's like, you have no idea what you're doing. You have no idea what you're talking about. And John doesn't include it here. But we can see that Jesus gets up from dinner. And they've had dinner. Dinner's over. And all their feet are filthy. They're all dirty because nobody would wash anybody's feet. Everybody wanted honor. Everybody wanted control and wouldn't touch any of their good friend's feet at all. No one wanted to take this, this servant role because it'd be, it'd be dishonoring. They're all arguing who's going to be the greatest. The least is going to be the one washing the feet. Whoever that is, whichever one, who's going to do that? So nobody does it. And then after dinner, Jesus gets up, takes his clothes off, gets into his underwear, and does it himself. And when he does it, they would be laying on the couch like I was laid down a second ago with their feet in the air. And he would come up and take their sandal off 
and wash it with a towel that he had wrapped around himself. So he's in his underwear with a towel wrapped around him, and he's washing them with this towel, one by one, going around, going around the couches. And then he gets to Peter, and Peter, or the, I don't know if he's in the middle or the first and last, but it's to Peter, and Peter says, Lord, you wash my feet? As if, what? What are you... This is totally dishonoring. How could you do this? How could you wash my feet? Like, that's, you're like the teacher. What are you doing? It's a total schism in his paradigm of how things work. He is living for honor. He's living for his own control, for himself, and he wants what Jesus has. He wants to be up there with Jesus uh, and have the same kind of honor that he does. And then Jesus steps down and does this. And Jesus says, what I'm about to do, you, you, don't, you don't know now, but you will later. Which is very interesting, because I feel like that's the story of my entire life. I have no idea what's happening. Then I look back like three years or ten years, and I'm like, oh, that's what you were doing. Uh, and it never makes it. It's almost how it always is. Sometimes it's a week, but sometimes it'll be years before I learn something. Anyways, uh, and then Peter gives this exclamation, you will never wash my feet. And it wasn't like a, oh, you'll never wash my feet? No way. It was like, you will never wash my feet? No way. No way. That's impossible. You can't. And it's because he revered Jesus. He revered Jesus. He loves the honor system. And he, he loves his rabbi. Like He's like, that can't, can't happen. It's totally dishonoring. And then Jesus like throws it back on him and says, if I don't wash your feet, you and I, we have nothing. You've got no part in me. And then that's when Peter's like, well, give me a bath. Wash my head, wash my hands. Like it's, that's, that's his response. He freaks out because he, he gives this exclamation that's heavy and says, never. And then Jesus says, well, you'll never have any part in me. And he's like, oh, whoop, take that back. Took that back immediately. And I, uh, I want to talk about, I think that's where I want to stop and that's where I want to go is talk about a bit. This, this is the part of the, that that's changed tonight. It's part of giving you my testimony, uh, particularly with control, particularly with never wanting Jesus to wash my feet. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm Peter, I'm Peter, except it's not like a oh honor. It's like I don't want you to wash my feet. I don't I don't want that, because Jesus washing Peter's feet has serious side effects for how he's going to live his life. And then Jesus immediately teaches on that too. He says, I've done this, now you're going to do this too. You're going to wash one another's feet. And so him washing changes everything. It changes everything. It flips the way they behave. They're going after honor. Jesus is going after something. What, what is this? Is this serving? Like, what is this? And so that, that, that changes for, for Peter. And so I wanted control over my life. I, I, I deeply wanted control over my life. And that was, that was the part for me that never clicked, where I, I liked the idea of Jesus, I liked the idea of salvation, and I didn't like the idea of living completely for God. Um, and then I began to blame him when things didn't go well uh, in my life. And so most of us, I would say, if I could say this, most of us in this room, you believe in God, you believe in Jesus, and many of you believe that that God loves you, and that's true. 
but you take that to this, into your life. And I, I talked about this some last time, but we've got this paradigm where, where I'm living my life, I'm living my life, and God is a part of it, which sounds good, like God is a part of it, as opposed to the other way around where you're living God's life that he has, that he's for him completely. And so what you've, you've got is this, 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 this thing that won't mesh because you're saying one thing and then you've got a hold of everything else. And you say, you never take that from me. And I don't know what that is for you. I don't know what that is for you. What is that that you won't let go of? There's something that you'll say, you said to Jesus, you said to God, you say, you'll never this, never wash my feet. What is that for you? You can't have this. You can't have my school. This is my career. This is my family. This is my girlfriend. What is that? Something you've got that you won't let go of. And you're looking God in the face and saying, oh, never this. And you're okay with part of it. Maybe you're okay with God taking control of your school, of your grades. That sounds nice, right? But you're not okay with something else. Maybe you're not okay with God taking control over your family, something that's happened to your parents, and you're not okay with it. And so whenever those things get shaken, that's what got got shaken for me, everything goes downhill. Uh, I remember I, the, there was a, uh, my, my freshman year of college, there was, I was with a woman who I thought would be my wife, uh, and we actually we were on and off in high school for a long time, and we grew so close over that year, that freshman year, and I came here all the time, and, uh, but I, I was not walking with the Lord, and I did not lead in our relationship at all, and I was pretending. I came here and pretended. I came here and believed in Jesus. I came here and believed in God, and it had no change in me whatsoever. And then, and then that year, that freshman year passed, and then I started to get into my sophomore year. Uh, and she went to the summer camp that she was like a counselor at, and then came back and broke up with me because I was not who she needed at all. Like we, I was not at all. I was like the worst leader ever. I was. I don't even. I believed in God, but He might as well have not even existed. And so, it crushed me. And I had been toying with this idea that God was a total jerk. Uh, I had like serious depression issues. And whenever that happened, it just, it crushed me. And for the next eight months, I fully embraced my hate for God. Fully embraced it. Uh, which is a weird place to be. Where I didn't like God, but I believed in him. I didn't want forgiveness, but I believe that Jesus offered it. It was a really crazy place for me to be at. Uh, it's like it's got to be the darkest place I've ever been in in my life. And I've been through I've been through a few different things. Uh, I used to sell drugs. I was a cocaine addict. But like this is was heavier than anything was. Was this total rebellion where I would not let him wash my feet. I would not let him wash me at all. I refused. And so I remember I saw uh, a counselor uh, for my depression. I hadn't seen him for a long time. And then I remember being so furious with God. Uh, and I went to this counselor, and, and I, I talked to him about this, this issue where I believed in God. 
I believed in Jesus. I believed that Jesus had died for my sins. I didn't want anything to do with it. I didn't want forgiveness. I didn't want God. And then the counselor told me, and well, he said, he said, well, have, Joe, have you looked into like, maybe some other faith, maybe uh, like Buddhism or something like that? And I, I told him, I said, no, you do not understand. This is the right religion. This is the right faith. And I hate it. And I hate it. And my, in my view, my view of the world was that, was that God should be serving me, that, that I should be in control, that God should be helping me along with all these things, and why had this happened? Why did I have depression? Why did my best friend die? All these different things that I couldn't handle. And again, I don't know anything about honor. It's all about control and freedom, and that's what we want so much, control over our lives, and he totally took it out from under me. Completely, completely, and he crushed me. And then, yeah, I remember I fought it for the longest, and I, there was this spiritual pressure, if I can call it that, that I needed to change, that I would follow God, that everything would change, and, and I, I denied it again and again and again, and I openly spoke against God, and I think the, the thing I regret the most of all the lives that I've destroyed, all these different things that I've done, the thing I regret the most is my, is my, like, my blasphemies towards God and how I openly shot in the bird and just, oh, it was crazy. And then I remember I was this apartment complex that I lived at, Pizza Hut, behind Pizza Hut, I had Pizza Hut, behind Pizza Hut on North Street, and I could just, my, my ex would call me and then talk about getting back together, and then it wouldn't work out. And then every time, it was like the wounds would just rip open again and again. And then, yeah, one time she called me, and then that was it. I was done. I was so furious. And I remember being on my knees, on my bed, crying out to God. And I could feel this spiritual, this pressure from the Spirit, just like, yeah, I would be a Christian. I would actually be a Christian. And, uh, and I just was just crying on my knees, on my bed, and I just gave up. And I told him, I'm done. I do not want to fight you anymore. And I just, I just surrendered. And everything has changed. The last four and a half, five years, have everything has changed. Everything. Something that... Jesus says in this passage, he says, blessed are you if you do it. Blessed are you if you do it. And he talks about how you've heard this truth or heard this teaching. Blessed are you actually if you do it. And so for the longest time, I heard about surrender. I heard about actually following, actually having joy in Jesus. And I didn't because I was holding on to my control. And it took like a terrible crushing of my spirit. There's there's, there are guys that I know that talk about being like wooed by the love of Jesus. And for me, that was like, that didn't happen. It was like he just stepped on me and crushed me. And that's what it took for me to, to let go of this control, to let him wash. It's like he had to hold me down to wash my feet. He had to tackle me and take me down. And uh, yeah, I don't know what that is for you. I don't know what that is for you. But I can promise you that everything for me has changed. Everything. I didn't plan on being here. 
I didn't plan on going to San Francisco. I didn't plan on leading community groups or going to one. One thing after another has changed. And uh, I don't know, know what that is. And so blessed are you if you do it. So it's one thing if I understand it, which a lot of you guys understand it. You've been understanding it for the last 20 years. Your parents and your friends and your pastors have been beating it into your skull for the last 20 years. And now you're here and you've got more freedom than you've ever had in your life. Except it's you're like a bird on a, on a chain. You feel free, but you're not really. You're just barely flying and you're going to wreck yourself. And it's just, that's what I, that's what I did. Because I, I wanted my freedom. I wanted control. And for some of you guys, yeah, it's the first time you've ever had it. You're making the craziest choices right now. Um, which is... You know, I learned the hard way, too. Um, and that's what it will take for some of you guys, to actually let him wash your feet. So that, that is, I am Peter. And many of you are Peter. This is to us. Jesus has washed our feet. He has washed our feet. And so this, this foot washing is a low, a low serving. And this is a, a low role that Jesus plays. And later, the next day, after this foot washing, he would take an even lower role as, that, uh, as if he were uh, a traitor, an enemy of the state. And he would, be, he would be nailed to wood. He would be nailed. He would be nailed to wood. Hammered to it. And it would take an even lower role. It would it's totally, I mean, like, you think... Washing feet is low. Think about being killed for something you didn't actually do and just letting it happen. And that's what Jesus is just this incredible example of letting honor and control go and handing everything over to the Father. And that's exactly what he did. It's exactly what he did.